amor. Hola, cariño. No. <laughs> Sorry. That's the, that's, that's the wrong way. Well, fuck it. We're here. <laughs> it's usually the other way around. Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. We're off to a great start. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Good morning, welcome everybody. Welcome to Uy, que horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. I'm Eileen, and it is... Some, what's happening? I love it when this happens. Shenanigans. We are trying something a tiny little bit new today. <laughs> not saying hello to each other yeah, when we're we just answer like, the Hello, phone. I'm not going to speak to you. So we can have our, like... <laughs> Banter yeah. at the top. <laughs> well, oh, boy. Hello, how are you? Doing great. Watching spooky movies in the morning. Mm-hmm. Eating hummus and crackers for breakfast. Lovely protein? Yeah. I think that's delicious. And it was delightful. So that's what I did while I watched this movie. Great. Uh, what did you do this morning? Well, I took some time this morning to like vacuum and mop my floors, which domestic needed to happen desperately. Um, it left me feeling a little bit scrambly, though, because I was like, "Sure, it's best to just focus on the fucking movie." I think. Yeah. On Saturday mornings. So that's, I mean, that's what I'm discovering. I think I need to train myself to just do it the day before. Like, it's just, sure. well, you know what? I I am a creature. I'm a creature of habit. And listen, procrastinating is my middle fucking name. So That's shocking because that's my middle name, too. <laughs> my God! <laughs> Our parents must have planned it out. Uh, <laughs> it is not Danielle. It is procrastinating 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 that's it (laughs) oh we're nailing it um okay well let's talk about this this movie yes so this week it's was my choice your pick Mm -hmm. and i figured why not go back to brazil so uh we have returned to a place where we both were once in for many years (laughs) Not in not in this place in Brazil, but yes, we no, were in again, Brazil. Again, Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. dude. Sao Paulo. There's all Sao Paulo movies so far that we watch. What I'm gathering is that that must be the epicenter of film. Yeah, maybe in it's, it's I'm the, guessing that's what it is. It's the Hollywood of Brazil yeah. in Sao Paulo. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The movie I picked was um, As Boas Maneiras, also known as Good Manners. Mm-hmm. Came out in 2017. I believe that this is a Brazil slash France joint venture. I do believe this is a Brazil slash France fucking joint, as Spike Lee would say. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> because at the very top we get these beautiful like. There's a lot. Something I've noticed with Brazilian films is, and I think in general the lat the films from Latin America is they mm-hmm. have a lot of like produced by and like oh, all the goodness. the people that have like contributed to either like financially or whatever so you see like globo tv fucking canal plus which is the french one if i'm not mistaken the city of sao paulo the fucking governor of sao paulo this other fucking company this other thing Uh, that does tend to happen with these movies yeah so um so that's how we find out at the top that france is possible envolvi that is not the merci <laughs> sure whatever dude <laughs> possible envolvi uh... watch it be right dude <laughs> hey you took french and you were pretty good at it from what i, I remember so I mean, uh, you know uh, madame noguera was always upset at you and anna showing up and 
talking in class while you weren't even part of the class. We're talking about American Nicaraguan school, yes. everybody. We're going back to high back school. Back in high school, ANS. Fucking Anna would walk in. Our very good friend, Ana Vendaña, <laughs> would walk into class and literally be like, not giving a hot fuck, being like, Buongiorno, madame. <laughs> like, fully not French at all. Oh my God. Like, in the middle like, of class. In, in the, the middle we're... of class, belting it. Belting it to the class. Buongiorno, madame Noguera. And poor, poor Mrs. Noguera was like, Anita, andate, por favor, por favor que jodes. Oh. Uh, that, is, uh, that just fills me with such joy. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, okay, so let's go. Yeah. Let's get out of Nicaragua and let's go to Brazil. Great. Let's get a synopsis from you. Great. So here we go, everybody. Clara, a lonely nurse from the outskirts of Sao Paulo, is hired by mysterious and wealthy Ana as the nanny for her unborn child. The two women develop a strong bond, but a fateful night changes their plans. Yes. Great. Well, then let's get started. Pack your bags. We're going to Sao Paulo, everybody. I'm so excited. As Boas Maneiras, 2017, written and directed by Juliana Rojas or Rojas. Sure. I'm not quite sure how she would pronounce it, pero Rojas or Rojas and Marco Dutra. The opening production graphics where we see all these like companies that we were talking about and people that contributed to the production of it looked very much like Wes Anderson. Interesting. Right? Yes, totally. My, my initial thought was Disney. But you're totally... It's like Wes Anderson, Disney baby. Yeah. That's what it is. Like it looks like wallpaper, like a beautiful, like designed mm. blue wallpaper and then vines... A border. Or like a bordery, viney situation yeah. around. So yes, you're right. Like you're thinking like old timey Disney. Oh, yes. Because they don't do Let's that be specific. anymore. Not anymore at all. This is old timey like Disney. Snow White, like, Cinderella. Exactly. Kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we open with Clara Macedo which is one of our main gals arriving at this building for for Dona Ana and she rings the buzzer she tells the doorman hey i'm here to meet with Dona Ana send me up so they buzz her in take the service elevator lady take the service elevator now <sighs> right off the bat we see a big social standing difference yes clara is black She's coming to get an in, uh, an interview as a nanny slash housekeeper, which she thought it was just nanny. Yes. But as we'll see, it turns out Anna wants a little bit more stuff from her. Yes. And then when we get to this apartment, we see that Anna, Anna, I want to say in Spanish, Anna is rich. This apartment is very oh, big and I beautiful. I literally said, oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. This apartment. It's gorgeous. The door. The door. The fucking door is like Huge. two doors put together. Like it's a fucking swinging, humongous door. Yeah. When she gets to the door of this insane apartment, the doormat in front says, Olim Pulcra Filia Regia, which is Latin for Once Upon a Time, a Beautiful Princess, mm. which I didn't know until I looked it up at the end of the movie. Same. And I was like, oh, this says a lot about what we're about to embark on. Absolutely. Clara arrives, Anna opens the door, and she's like, oh, I forgot that you were coming. I'm still interviewing somebody else. Can you please wait here? 
Clara takes in this insane apartment. Mm-hmm. There's a, a big bullhead on one of her walls. So you can kind of see these little touches of farm ranch life. life. Yeah, yeah. Farm life. Mm-hmm. And immediately I was like, oh, this hoe is rich, obviously. Oh. Like ranch rich, farm life rich, which is a very specific kind of rich, if you know what I mean. I don't. I, <laughs> I think it's... I, older maybe like old rich not only not only that but like in Nicaragua I knew a lot of people that were kids of basically people who owned hella cattle or like sure. coffee plantations and stuff like that and their homes are st- aren't like modern and insane they're very there's still a lot of that like humble farm life involved but you can see the money at the same time yeah you know what i mean that's the, that's how you would describe this house this apartment absolutely and anna and clara sit down for this interview clara's very quiet she's very i don't want to say demure but she's very stone-faced like you can't really Stoic. read her yes yeah. also like she's taking everything in yeah she's looking at Anna and like trying to figure out what's going on in this home almost like she senses something is a mist already yeah but also the way that I felt about Clara watching her who this actress is incredible but as she is trying to figure out Anna we are at the same time staring at Clara being like what is up with this woman because to me my thought was like secrets there's some secrets here what are immediate your secrets, secrets. Yeah. yeah secret secret secrets yeah. They start their interview. Clara, it's obvious that she doesn't have a lot of experience. She says, like, I used to take care of my grandma. And she's very quiet and doesn't really reveal a lot about herself. And Anna is kind of pushing, like, I need to know you're going to be my nanny slash housekeeper. Which Clara was like, oh, I thought you just wanted nanny work. Anna's like, well, this is a big house. You can't expect me to clean all of this myself. And I was like, okay. Now... Do you think that this has to do with the fact that, I mean, let's get into it right here, that Clara is a black woman and Anna is this white, rich lady? Because it seemed to me like she's here for a nanny job, but all of a sudden Anna is like, her instinct, unfortunately, is to be like, I'm going to ask you to do all this other shit for me. Here's the thing. As somebody who lived in Brazil and did experience, Mm -hmm. like, having housekeepers and stuff in their home... yeah. Sure, the there is probably a, a lot of, like, oh, she's black. Like, that immediately is supposed to, like, ring a few bells. Yeah. But I think it's also just, like, I'm just going to assume I'm hiring you and you're just going to do what I tell you. Yikes. Yeah. Anna asks Clara for reference phone numbers and Clara is like, I don't really have any. She's very, like, again, very secretive about it all. Can I give it to you another day? All that stuff. And Anna's like, I kind of need it. You know what I mean? You're going to work for me and take care of my kid. Your references, dude. (laughs) I need to make sure you're not bonkers, homie. (laughs) So she gives her a phone number, which turns out to be Clara's landlady, who Uh, on the other side of the phone is like, can you ask her where the remote control is? She, Dona Amelia, is screaming on the other end. (laughs) She's like, also, tell her that rent is due and all this other stuff. She's just laying out all this info, and Anna's, like, uncomfortable. She's like, okay, so um, your landlady says you got to pay the rent. This interview is 
over. But Very, I yeah. felt so uncomfortable. Like, I don't know the situation of somebody calling your references in oh, front of you. In, in front your, of her. Does this ever happen? I was also incredibly so, uncomfortable. Uh, I was so like, uncomfortable. wait until she leaves. Please like, that's don't do not this right now. Agreed. Oof. So that was very weird. We're seeing that Anna is like, this isn't working. And Clara kind of feels it. Like, she's also like, fuck, I fucked it. I'm not going to get this gig. And at that moment, Anna gets like a pang, like a pregnancy pang. And like, it hurts her. And so Clara immediately gets up and helps her and like stands behind her and tells her to like breathe and like really calms Anna down very much. And Anna was like, okay, you're hired. Yeah. Like, you've immediately made me feel incredibly good and comfortable this is it so we get a tour of the baby's room now she's like i haven't put anything up and this is all kind of a bagunça which is a word that i love in portuguese which is a mess and um <laughs> she opens up a tiny music box that's sitting on a, a chest of drawers and anna explains that it used to be her grandfather's and he passed it down to her father and then he passed it down to her she basically lays it out she says listen I need someone who's going to help my help me in my day-to-day, who's going to be discreet, and she doesn't like anybody fofocando da sua vida, which is mm-hmm. such a great Brazilian phrase. To fofocar means to gossip, but it's such a fun word. Não vem fofocar. Eu não quero que você tá fofocando aqui. So she doesn't want anybody gossiping about her life. Clara is like... You got it. I'm a, obviously I'm a stone faced bitch. Like I'm not yeah, trying to fucking. I'm, I'm cool. Anybody. Zip it. <laughs> they leave to talk money in the kitchen, and the camera zooms in on the music box. And there's a white horse painted on top of this music box. And then we get the, our very first title card, very Wes Anderson Disney, which says "As Boas Maneiras." I am yeah. obsessed with this title card reveal. Gorgeous. Because it also is very ominous because there's like thunder rumbling in the back. Because this is all, everything's beautiful. But then you get like this kind of slows, everything is gorgeous. You get a slow kind of zoom into the music box, ominous thunder, boom, the title. I literally was like, ooh, shit. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we're in for something. We're in for it. So in this thundering that we hear, we see that Clara is walking through an, another neighborhood, a way poorer, like favela-esque neighborhood in the rain. You can hear someone singing a little, uh, uh, a little crazily, just like. <laughs> and uh, and we, see, we see a little kitty arrive. Teobalda. Teobalda, who's like, meow, and, and Clara's like, shut the fuck up, Teobalda, which Teobalda is such a great cat name. Like, oh if gosh. I ever get a cat, Teobalda. I think I might have to call her Teobalda. Like, I love this name. So good. So Clara goes into her place. Uh, she grabs a suitcase to begin to pack so she can, like, move on into uh, Anna's apartment. She checks her closet and all her shit is gone. So she goes over to the neighboring apartment, which is Don Amelia, and she's the landlord we heard on the phone, and the she's the lady that's <laughs> singing and yeah. that we hear. I love her just singing her like Jesus music on her like Casio keyboard, <laughs> just being keyboard. like, "No, eu quero que você," like just hilarious. 
So Clara oh, walks man. in and she's like, bitch, give me my shit back. What the yeah. fuck? And she's like, uh-uh, not until you pay me rent and you tell me where the remote control is. That bitch cannot find the remote control. <laughs> Teobalda is sitting on a, micro- a microwave like on top of a couch, which I was like, what's? Why? But I think it's because it, she it's, took it from uh, her. From Clara, so yeah. she basically is holding her shit hostage. And Clara <laughs> explains, "I just got a job. I'm moving today to l- go live with her. You'll get some money tomorrow, and then on the fifteenth, I'll get you some more money." She opens a microwave door and she gives the remote control to Don Amelia because that's where it was. And so Don Amelia gives her bag of clothes back to Clara. Clara arrives at Anna's apartment with her luggage and. There's a mess on the ground, like almost like somebody dropped a vase or something and like dirt kind of situation. Anna is nowhere to be found. So she's just kind of gets right to it and starts sweeping this mess. We see her build the crib in the baby's room. She makes Anna's bed. And while she's in Anna's room, she finds a revolver in her nightstand. Oh, boy. Which is like, what's what what is what's the deal? Yeah. And then we cut to a refrigerator door open and just packets and packets of bloody meat being, like, put in the fridge. Just meat. Just meat. There's, like, a jar of jam and then just, (laughs) like, meat. (laughs) It's dinner time now and... Anna is sitting at her table. This made me feel so uncomfortable. Because she just stands there. Because she's just standing. So Clara is standing right next to Anna as she's sitting having a bowl of like brothy broth. Like just a yeah, bowl of broth. That's it. And Clara's just like right next to her, just standing there with her hands folded in front of her. And I'm just like, oh, this is like my shoulders were up to my ears. I was so uncomfortable. And Anna even says, like, have you ever heard of etiquette? Which Clara serves this bowl with like a big ass spoon. Yeah. And Anna's like, damn, this is a big ass spoon you fucking gave me. And Clara's like, oh, uh, did you did you want a smaller one? A like, I don't spoon. know <laughs> what the fuck you want. And that's when she's like, have you heard of etiquette? Like, my mom put me in these classes when I was little that I had to learn everything about where the plates went and where the dishes were, whatever, or the, the silverware was. Which, at this point, I'm going to reveal a lot about my lifestyle. I took one of these classes. I forgot that you fucking did this. You did this in, in Nicaragua. In Nicaragua, because my Tiliana was like, a ver, stop being a fucking slob of a person and learn (laughs) etiquette wow and like i remember first she she had a video like legit a vhs that she made me watch like a handful of times that was my tia tia before (gasps) i took this etiquette class holy shit and then after that my tiliana was like Mm -hmm. oh also to go take this class which was led by Miss Nicaragua, 1997 <gasps> or something. Of I for, 1994, I think. She was a Miss Nicaragua, like went to Miss Universe. Wow. Her and her mom taught us. Pero cuando te digo que no aprendí ni mierda, and what I did learn was how to walk a catwalk. And at the end of that class, we had a legit modeling show at the Hotel Intercontinental. Mira, brother. Stop. I'm sure you've told me this. How am I not remembering this? Absolutely. Oh, my God. And then at the end, they gave out awards, and I got Miss Personalidad. 
Of Hell course. yeah, you did. Of course you did. Because I would walk into that <laughs> class and I'd be like, all right, ladies, this is my type five and I'm going to fucking make you laugh. Like I was in it to perform. You know what I mean? How old were you at that point? Um... 16, I believe. At that age, are you're not going to fucking take that shit seriously? Oh, Come hell on. no. I the worst part of it is that it was Saturday mornings I mean, at 8 fucking o'clock in the morning. <gasps> Puta. Imaginate, brother. Now, did they make you do what Anna's about to do? Oh, we did have to walk with a book on our head. <laughs> which is which Damn. is what she does. So she gets a book and she like is showing Clara like, look, I'm walking with a book on my head. She drops it and she's like, I guess I didn't really pick up what they taught me or whatever. Also, she doesn't pick up the book. Clara has to pick up the book. Exactly. Very small little thing there, but I'm like, Anna, pick up your fucking book. It's there. And then that's the thing with the, they're all micro aggressions, I guess, but not micro micro moments of like, privilege that you yes that she doesn't notice and literally right after that she's like turn the fireplace on and clara's like how because it's a fancy schmancy electric one and she's trying to find whatever and she's like press the green button like bitch i don't know your life no yeah (laughs) it was it was very it was a tough yeah scene to watch at the end clara says good night and goes to her room and she's ready to tuck herself in, and she hears, like, bumps in the night, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. We cut to an ultrasound, and we hear from the doctor, whose voice is the only thing you don't see. This is something I really enjoyed from this movie. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of men. No, not at all. So we hear this doctor saying the baby is healthy, he's a normal boy, and the pangs that you're feeling are totally normal. That's just the body getting ready to give birth. And we see Anna's face, and she is concerned. There's yeah, fear. Yeah, she seems very worried. She, yeah. she straight up is crying. Because she even asks, she goes, is he normal? She's the one that asks. Mm-hmm. So there's something, there's concern there. And as we see, because there are a few other ultrasound moments, she's never happy to be there. She's never. There's never joy. There's never, never. excitement. There's always fear. Mm-hmm. Now we're at a mall. Classic Brazilian <laughs> mall. So fun. Oh Anna, Anna is trying. Anna. Puta, es que son diez mil maneras de decirlo. Ana, Ana, Ana. <laughs> Ana is trying on shoes. These shoes, I was like, girl, you're pregnant. You want to fucking rock them heels? Girl, you do not seem ready to, or seem to be wanting to even have a baby right now. Yeah, there's there's a disconnect between the motherhood and herself. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So she's trying on these fucking heels and... She turns around and she sees someone that she knows. And she's like, hey, girl, oh, my God, I didn't know that you were here in Sao Paulo. And the lady turns to look at her and is like, oh, hi, Anna, swiftly turns around and walks away. And there is this moment of like, and all of this, Clara is here and she is seeing this. Yeah. So she's picking up on all these moments that are uncomfortable. At the ultrasound, she's like, What's with this lady not being super happy at the mall? This fucking woman totally gave her the cold shoulder. Yeah. And then she goes to pay for these shoes and her card gets declined. Hello, what is happening? There's some some revealing things going on. (laughs) Yeah. So now we're back at Anna's apartment and you hear Fajal, which which is a kind of music from Brazil. I would equate it to... 
Well, música sertaneja is kind of like country music in Brazil. Yeah. And I think forró is kind of an like a subgenre. <laughs> yeah, like a subgenre of música sertaneja. Uh -huh. It comes from yeah. the northeast of Brazil. It's a very fun, happy like Oh, it's peppy as it's hell. Peppy. <laughs> if you're from Brazil, you know forró when you hear it. And she's mm -hmm. taking this <laughs> Uh, <laughs> workout class, which is called yeah. Goomba instead of yeah. Zumba. Zumba. <laughs> it's a, she's taking her Goomba workout class. And while she's doing that, Clara is painting the baby's room. And it's in blue because we find out that the, in the ultrasound, we found out that the baby is a boy. Mm -hmm. Now it's nighttime. And Clara is like finished painting the room. And she hears more musica sertaneja like this country music playing actually this time it's actual country music because the song is in english and she goes to the li living room and she sees anna is dancing around in a cute little short dress and these like sassy sparkly fucking cowboy boots she is ready to party she's having she a party go out <laughs> and she is drinking stella's like fully having a beer with her pregnant belly like this bitch is drunk let's not yeah, oh, Min's she's drunk. words. She's drunk. I was waiting for her to be like, I'm kidding, it's non-alcoholic. But no, she's no. fucking drunk. The thing that I'm noticing here is that Anna is very much like, she's kind of living her life and her heels, her shopping, her dance class, where she's shaking this baby left and right. And Clara is very much, she's in nesting mode. Clara is, where she's like painting the room, putting the fucking crib together. It's like, who is the fucking mom here? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Clara approaches her like, hey, uh, maybe let's not uh, fucking drink some beers, girl. And Anna's like, oh, come on, and gives her a very close hug. And yeah. she's like, come on, have a drink with me. It's my birthday. And Clara is like, all right, I'll drink just one. Mm -hmm. While they're like standing there, they see this framed picture of Anna and her horse, Pagodi. Pagodi is another type of music in Brazil that's also very fun. Highly recommend everybody just type in Forró, Pagodi, Sertaneja, and see what Spotify brings up for you. and <laughs> get yourself a dance party. Yeah, get yourself a fucking music <laughs> lesson from Brazil. So Anna reveals that she doesn't talk to her family anymore, that nobody called her for her birthday. Like, she sent a message to her brothers and nobody said anything. Mm. She was going to get married in September, but then she got pregnant and her father sent her to Sao Paulo, to the city, to get an abortion. But when it came to the time to do it, she just couldn't. Mm -hmm. Clara was like, wait, your man didn't want to keep it either? And Anna explains, oh, it's not my fiancé or ex-fiancé mm -hmm. now. It's not his baby. Whoops. And when I decided to keep it, he got really upset. So basically she was like shunned for it. Yeah. And so she was like, might as well stay in the city since nobody fucking likes me in uh, That's my... why that woman was such a, a hoe to her in the, exactly. in the mall. Yeah. Clara very sweetly and tenderly is like, it doesn't matter what people say to you and what they think. For the sea is what she says. Fuck them. And then she's like, all you got to do is wait. Just wait for them to come around. Let them take their time. It doesn't matter. And Anna loves that and sits in her lap, basically. Oh, and it's yeah. very close. And Clara is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what's happening right now? Clara seems very uncomfortable at first, but then she's she's still kind of trying to figure Anna out. Yeah. And it 
it is slowly like softening this relationship between these two. Absolutely. The more they get to know each other. Especially after it, it, this reveal of like the family dumping all her the and shit all that that's stuff. going on. I think her like face of like, whoa, 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 is like, oh, I'm letting my guard down a little bit too. You know what I mean? Which can yeah, be very scary. This. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And let's just say, too, that these actresses are nailing it. Oh, like, God, these it. two women, these two fucking Holy women, shit. dude. Oof. I mean, Clara, Oof. obviously, you can't take your fucking eyes off of her. Mm-hmm. But the woman who plays Anna is also, like, a oh, beast. These two together, magic. They're so Fire. fucking good. Yeah. We're back at the doctor's. And he's like, things are looking great. Your blood pressure is a little high. So, Clara, you have to make sure and take her blood pressure every day. I'm going to give you a new diet that you have to follow. We got to zoom in on the prescription that he's writing out. And in all caps, he writes, cortar carne, no meat. (laughs) So then we get an immediate jump cut to the fridge. And all those packets of meat are getting removed yeah. from the fridge and replaced with carrots and kale. <laughs> Anna and Clara are back at home, and they have a little, like, home machine to listen to the baby. This was the sweetest fucking thing, because they hold hands as they're doing mm-hmm. the ultrasound, and they just stare at each other, and my heart yeah. was fluttering. Yeah. I was just like, what's going on with you two? Yep. It was so touching to it's me. It's very oh my gosh. tender. It's it, and yeah. it's a long moment of them just listening to this baby. So it's very like it's just silence and like waka 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 yeah. whatever the sound yeah. of baby. <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so Clara grabs a little book and gives it to Anna, saying, "This is a a baby name book." And she says, oh, "So sweet." If there's anything else you need. Uh, and Anna's like, no, I'm good. And she's like, okay, I, I think I'm going to go out for a walk. And Anna is visibly like, oh, okay. And she's like, where are you going to go? And she's like, to a bar, I think. And Anna is like, oh. all right. Like, I thought we just had a moment situation. Yeah. Are we not hanging out right now? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then she gets real salty and she's like, take your cell phone. Yeah. She gets real salty. Don't forget who's in charge here. Right. Is what she's like, you know. Totally. Equally. Now Clara is what I think is a a lesbian bar? I'm very confused by this because uh-huh. there is a straight couple right there just kind of... I rewound to make sure okay. that that was a man, but I think that was a lady with a short haircut. Oh, I'm a dick. Okay. No, you're okay. not a dick because they were so... F- like, it, it was in the foreground of the shot and they were a little blurry, so I think... Yeah. I think it may have been a gay bar. Well, it makes sense because what happens next? Because then what happened at a gay bar? Clara's chilling, drinking her little beer at a table, and a very bold woman approaches Gil- Gilda. Gilda. Gilda's <laughs> I'm like obsessed with Gilda. Gilda's like, let me ask you where you're from, and like. <laughs> Fucking Clara's like, whoa, 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 Gilda. But this this actress too, all these all these performers, so good. But Gilda in this little like minute scene that she's in here, so she sits down with with Clara to be like, how how you're so mysterious and you're beautiful. Very, I want you're to get very to know beautiful. You. But Clara, on the other hand, is kind of flirting and playing back because Clara like says to her, oh, I know who you are, Gilda. <laughs> And 
Gilda's face. Like, whoa. The camera's on her. Are you psychic? Her performance here. <laughs> I was like, yes, girl. It's a way to like steal this little scene here because she's like, how do you know my name? She's wearing her fucking like. Name, name tag, tag from the from mall. the shopping center. Yeah, from the mall. So so good. You nailed it, Gilda. Yeah, good job, Gilda. She so they have a little moment, and Gilda's like, "Why don't you come to this party that I'm at? I'm doing with my friend co-workers over here." And Clara's like, "No, I gotta go." And then we cut to a napkin with the word Gilda, a lipstick mouth, and then her phone number. So fucking Clara got a number. Hell yeah! That night. Yeah. So she's back home looking at this napkin, and we hear again bumps in the night bing bang bong clara gets up and goes into the kitchen specifically and she sees anna is like head deep in the fridge like sniffing it seems like grabbing at stuff clara very tenderly approaches her and is like hey what you what you doing there bud what's what's going on <laughs> what you doing and, there <laughs> and anna turns around and is all up in her face, smells Sniffing her chest, her. and is yeah. like giving these intense, like full breaths of Clara's body. And Clara isn't backing away. She's like, she's staying there with her. All of a sudden, Anna licks her chest, and then they're just fully making out. But when Eileen says making <laughs> out, this is how I would describe this. They are eating each other's faces. Absolutely. Like, Anna is trying to taste Clara. Like, she is yeah. in there. And Clara is like, hell yeah. She is returning is the favor. Absolutely. Yeah. So much so that Anna actually takes a bite. And Clara backs up and there's blood in her mouth. And she also scratches Clara's neck. We see Anna and she's kind of in the moonlight. And the back of the fridge is still open so that's lighting her as well. And we see that there's blood dripping from her mouth and she's like kind of like relishing this blood flavor. And then you see that her eyes are bright yellow and shining. <gasps> what could it be? I wrote, uh-oh. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the next morning and Clara is taking Anna's blood pressure and no one is saying anything. Like no one's like, hey, remember when we made what out happened? last night or yeah. like any of that stuff. Well, Anna does not seem to remember at all exactly so Anna says I had a weird dream and she kind of giggles at it because I'm sure it was a dream of making out with fucking Clara sexy times yeah Yeah. Clara's like you know finishes doing the blood pressure test and she stands up and Anna says it's Joel Joel's the name that I picked for the baby and Clara says that Mm. it's biblical and Anna says you know I just I like the sound, Joel. Joel. That's in Portuguese. <laughs> I said Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Joel. We see Clara sitting at the dinner table and she's filling out a calendar and she's putting in the numbers of the blood pressure and she writes down sonambulism. Mm. She was sleepwalking in this day and she pulls apart the little paper from on top and you see a full moon. So she's mm. like, okay, what? what's yeah. going on? All of a sudden, there's a sound from the bedroom, and Clara runs in to check, and she's having a full nightmare, Anna is. And she wakes up, and she's really shook, and Clara sits behind her and is, like, again, calming her tenderly and sweetly, like, trying to calm her down behind her. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're making out again, but this time, they are both, like, Anna is fully aware and not in a weird sonambulous state, and it's less intense 
than when we were when we saw them in the kitchen. Yeah, she's not like trying to eat her face. Swallow now her it's alive. Like, they fucking get <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> and they absolutely do. They fully like lie down. Fucking Clara goes down on Anna. Oh, even with her little the prego sound belly. Design. Bro. Oh my gosh. This was these this next sequence was the squishiest. It, it was... was so squishy. Like going down and then we cut to fucking Clara's face down. Anna's on top uh-huh. of her fucking fingering the shit out of her. Squishy squish. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they are having oh, a fucking man. fun time. I was oh, like, they're Damn, having look a at blast. these hoes. Get it. Yeah. Man. They have a, I was like, yes, ladies, let's do this. Yeah, it so much bang fun. it out. You're doing it. <laughs> so, so now they're in bed po- post-coital. Is That's the hardest Post-coital. word. Post-coital. And Clara's awake, but Anna's asleep. All of a sudden, Anna's eyes open, and they are yellow and bright like they were the other night. And she sits up, completely oblivious that Clara's in bed with her. She gets up and just walks out. And Clara's like, what the fuck? So she follows. Let's go. So Anna, in her pajamas, is walk walks out the apartment building. She walks past this homeless woman that's sitting on some stairs that are leading into this really pretty park area. She stands there, and then she continues walking to what looks like maybe like a subway stop or that's maybe... Look like to me. And in this mm-hmm. space, there's a little cat, a cute cat. That cat was so, so cute. cute. And Clara's far enough away from her, but still like can see everything she's doing. And Anna gets down on the ground and calls the cat over to her. The cat approaches. She grabs that cat and snaps its neck and fucking munches on this cat. And Clara I like, is. I knew she was going to eat horrified. that cow. That cow. <laughs> that cow. <laughs> Like it's it's tough. Like she cracks that neck and the cat goes. It was bad. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Clara is like something is bad here, but she still terrifying stays. Like she's still there watching over this girl. We cut to another Goomba class, and she and fucking Anna is dancing it up. And (laughs) the cut is literally like Anna munching on the cat. Boom! We're in the Goomba class, and she is. Full energy. She is feeling <laughs> it. She is going yeah. for it. And this is she a just really needs that, that cat meat. Yeah, that cat meat what really revived her. Yeah. But this is a really Brazilian thing. Like even though it is uh-huh. like a goomba class, these dance moves are dance moves that in Brazilian music a lot of times the lyrics are very specific and people will make dance moves according to these lyrics. But the thing is it's not like and touch your knees and touch your toes. It's not like that. It's like call me. I the song itself is saying like you thought this was going to be a romance but we only stayed for one night you got tricked you stupid hoe kind of thing yeah and so she's doing these like fun dance moves but like you know when it says call me she'll do a little phone thing with her hand and like or like i prayed for you with like prayer hands doing a dance like that yeah yeah and that's very common with like i remember doing that when i was living in brazil with my friends with musica baiana that really happens that's another type of music y'all should google just type it out musica baiana (laughs) and so clara is there at the door watching Anna have a blast in this class, but Clara is concerned. So we cut to Clara in the kitchen and she grabs a knife and she cuts her hand and she squeezes some of her own blood on top of this bowl of spaghetti that she's about to give Anna for lunch. 
Anna gets this bowl of spaghetti and fucks it up. That bitch is wipe like she might as well lick the plate. Like that hoe loved it. And she says so. She's like, girl, mm-hmm. you've outdone yourself. Você tá top. Você tá <laughs> yeah, top. That's what she says. <laughs> You're top. And <laughs> and Anna notices Clara's hand has a bandage on it and she's like, What the fuck happened? And you're acting mm-hmm. weird. What's going on? Clara comes clean. She's like, You've been sleepwalking. This wound on my neck, that was fucking you. Last night you walked in the streets, girl. I followed after you. And <laughs> does she t- she doesn't say you ate a fucking cat. No, I don't I don't think she tells her that because Anna is getting really visibly upset. Very so the upset. cat would have been the last straw. Yeah, she would have been so like, fuck. She spares her the cat. Yeah. yeah. But she's obviously upset and she's like, dude, this pregnancy is really fucking weird. The doctor told me that like, you know, it's fine and that it's good to have someone close and all all that, but like, what the fuck, bro? Like I don't Yeah. She she even says like I hurt you like not in a way that she's it's not she's not disbelieving Clara she's genuinely like I don't want to hurt you like she cares for her now and Clara very sweetly again she is the rock in this relationship she's like don't upset yourself like it's okay and it's very much like we will figure this out together it's okay absolutely and she says Mm -hmm. when I took care of my grandma she taught me a lot of things and this line This is magic. Mm. She says that when there's a full moon, the baby is always restless and that the water in the mother's belly is like agua do mar, which is the the water from the sea. Gorgeous. So now we hear a voiceover of Clara saying, we're going to do a test. And we see her sprinkling flour around Anna's bed. She says, there's no full moon tonight. And we'll see. This will be a test to see if you sleepwalk. And Clara's like, good night. They get a little smooch. And she walks off frame. But we stay with Anna as she, like, tucks herself into bed. And you hear Clara lock her into her room. Anna turns off her light, snuggles in. A little bit of time passes. And then the curtains open. And Clara appears again. And you never see Clara come back in or any or all that stuff. It just You yeah. just see that time has passed. She has slept through the night and she has not slept walk and they yeah. check her feet no flower on her feet there's the flowers untouched they did it she passed the test so now Anna and Clara are in the baby's room and they're both together like Clara's holding Anna and they're listening to the music box again but this time Anna is singing the lyrics to this tune the first half of the tune talks about a little horse and how it's running through the fields and the pastures and like having a horsey time it's very it's very sweet and then the second half talks about putting the baby to sleep go to sleep baby because if you're hungry the sleep will keep it like it'll keep it that away you won't feel it yeah Yeah. and if you're afraid call my name and i'll be there and you won't be hungry like it's very sweet and caring for this baby and all the while anna is singing this song she's crying like she's going through it it's very sad but also the fact that clara is there with her is very sweet holding her and like my heart cannot take it absolutely so anna and clara 
are now sitting in front of the fireplace, and Clara is taking off the like legit diamonds that were on encrusted yeah, these gems in her, on her boots, <laughs> on her cowboy boots. And Which I guess they're going to use this because she's clearly running out of money. They're like, "This is you're going to sell these or something." Yeah, right? because she's got to pay like for her building fees and all this yeah. stuff. And so she's like, "You can sell these to pay the bills, but then also whatever's left over, just fucking keep it like as your payment." So we're still having this, like they are fully in a romantic relationship now, but they're still a boss employee employee uh yeah relationship, relationship. as well. At this point, Clara asks Anna, why do you have a gun in your nightstand? And Anna says, it's normal to have a gun in, when you're from a farm because there's lots of bichus, which means animals. Mm. But like bichus would be, I think, more better translated as creatures. Because mm. you'd say animais if it was animals. Yeah. But bichus is like when something is unknown in my very faulty portuguese now i always thought bichu was like bug but that's not correct it's not bug it's also it bug could be. because it's oh, a okay. creature it's something that is like creepy and unknown you'd call it a bichu you know what i mean sure yeah so she says i'm used to having it now because of the farm and clara asks her have you killed a bichu before and anna says i'll tell you about the last time i used this gun the screen turns into the fireplace and it slowly transforms into a drawing, a painting almost. Yeah. Looks and like it's a storybook. A storybook, exactly. And it's a truck going over a bridge, it looks like, into a town where at the end of the street there's like a steeple of a church. And the colors are like pinks and blues and purples. purples. Yeah. Gorgeous. Very beautiful. So now it's a voiceover of Anna telling this story and all we see from now on in these in this little segment are pictures and paintings of this story. Mm -hmm. She tells the story of how she got stood up by a bunch of her friends to go to this like party festival sort of thing. And she was like, fuck them. I'm going to go to the party anyways alone. At the end of the night, she ends up going to a bar, um bar de peão, like a country-themed bar. That's where she met, quote-unquote, him, Jorge Mario. And her and this guy, Jorge Mario, grab a car, and they go to the Morro do Macaco, which I thought of you because we love to say macaco. It's such a great word. Fella da puta macaco. Macaco, which means monkey. <laughs> and they fuck in this car. And these drawings, like, this girl is... Oh, they're fucking they in these drawings. fucking in these drawings. They're great drawings. Yeah, Damn, holy totally. shit. Like the, and this man... This, this... Uh, is like hot it's hot i was like yo if this i'm not surprised you wanted to fuck that guy yeah. he's got a hairy chest yeah. and a fucking yeah. beard and all this stuff. i was like he seems okay like dark and uh mysterious, mysterious. absolutely yeah. they fuck in this car and she's like immediately i passed out i was like damn that's some good fucking if you're gonna what? pass out <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but she wakes up to this growl, and Georgi is gone. We see in these pictures that the animal, the bichu, is on the hood of her car. She reaches over to her glove compartment and grabs the gun and shoots it. And she says the bichu ran into the woods, but just before he ran away, he looked at me, and I remember his eyes being shiny and yellow and 
angry. And then she said, I, n- I never saw Georges and Mario again. I even went back into the city, to the town, to try and find him, but no one knew him. But when she's saying this, what you see in the pictures is her by her car. And then at the church, the steeple church that we saw in the first picture, we see a man a priest standing mm-hmm. in the door of the church with a bandaged arm standing yeah, there. His and arm in a sling. Arm in a sling. And he's got a beard. And he looks very similar to Georges Madu from the night before. Yeah. And then she's like, I never heard or saw him again. I love this thing of doing like storybook shit in movies. It reminded me, of course, of Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and the, the Deathly Hallows where I just I love incorporating this in the movie. Me too. It's so so gorgeous. It's fucking magical. Like to take you out yes. of this story that we're already in and then put a whole other story inside. Play within a play, if you will, Shakespeare. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> You can never go wrong with gorgeous storytelling. And then to have amazing imagery to go along with it, it's just this, like, respite of this this other story we're going through. And all of a sudden you're like, I can take a breath and have, like, another mini engaging situation. And then, like... It's very, like, it just fits the theme of this, like, storybook fairy tale movie to a T. Absolutely. So... Loved it. So now we're back at the doctor's. The doctor's voice is like, he is big, he is healthy, and so are you. You're doing great. Speaking of fairy tale, this is fucking Little Red Riding Hood. Like, my, what big eyes you have. My, but what big teeth you have. Yep. that's literally what this doctor is saying. Absolutely. Clara's like, can we bring meat back into, because she knows now. She's something's, she knows enough to be like, my girl needs meat. And the doctor is like, uh-uh, still no meat. Yeah. Throughout this, when we hear this voiceover of the doctor saying, big eyes, big teeth, big everything, big boy, the screen is Anna and Clara's hands holding on to each other. It's just the mm-hmm. two of them holding hands. Then it zooms out to see Anna's face, and she is, again, concerned, fearful. But Clara, on the other hand, is beaming. Yeah. She is Full smiles. And the doctor is like, I'm going to prescribe a sleep aid for her for the insomnia. And that, but that's normal because we're right in the home stretch. We're back home. Clara is braiding Anna's hair. And all of a sudden, she gets this like crazy, like you can see in her body something is uncomfortable. And she's like, You know what? I have a craving. And Clara sweetly is like, Oh, you have a craving? Yeah, great. Pregnant lady, you're mm-hmm. so craving. <laughs> And uh, Anna is opposite. Something's wrong. And she's like, I want pine nuts. It's almost like she's trying to get Clara to leave. Anna insists and she's like, please just, you know, go get some pine nuts for her. And Clara very hesitantly obliges. And she's like, okay, I'll go. I'll go hella fast. She leaves and she locks the door for Anna to stay inside the room. Which you would think that this would be, like, you. this should make you uncomfortable, but the more I thought about it, it does not. This isn't trying to be controlling. She's doing it because she wants to protect her. For her safety. Yeah. It's not like, you belong to me. Yeah, it's, no, it's, no, no. That's not what it is. Not at all. Yeah. 
Anna stays behind and she is going through it. She is like touching her belly and like she's sweating and her face is like she is. The anxiety yeah, it's makes you anxious. Absolutely. It's awful. You're just like, what is about to go on, girl? So she heads over to her nightstand and pops one of the pills that the doctor prescribed. Drinks it, sits there for a little bit, and then she grabs another, pops it, and another. And another, pill and she is just pill. popping these pills. And I was like, oh, girl, do not kill yourself right oh, now. We cut to Clara walking back from the store, and we hear fireworks, and it's Festa Junina time, which is a popular mm-hmm. festival in Brazil that happens around, like, the June-July time. Midsummer? Yes, which technically is midwinter in Brazil. Right, midwinter, yeah. right, yeah. So there's fireworks going off and everything as she's walking home. She looks up at those fireworks and guess who's there? The full moon. Oh, so fuck. Clara gets hurry home. Back, girl. <laughs> yeah, you gotta fucking get to your girl. <laughs> so she goes home, she arrives and she hears Anna screaming. She unlocks the door, she opens the door and Anna is like holding on for dear life and her belly is a moving and a grooving. Holy shit, there are waves in this belly. Whoa, <laughs> things are happening. Clara's like, holy fuck. She runs to the other room to call the doctor. The doctor doesn't answer the fucking phone. We go back to see Anna and the, her belly. Like all of a sudden, a couple little claws like do a wave on her belly and boom. She is torn open. Yeah. Blood. She's just ripped open. Clara hears a sound of something like collapsing and she comes running back into the room. Anna's belly is exploded open and she's lying in bed. I mean, she's dying. She's fully dying. And Clara loses her shit. She goes, she kisses her and then she hears a little noise and she turns around and she sees this Bishu crawling over to the window and she grabs the gun from the nightstand and she goes and she points it at this thing and we see this tiny little werewolf with an umbilical cord around his neck and he is struggling to breathe. I love that it wasn't CGI. Oh my God, I loved this little (laughs) nugget werewolf. Even though he was disgusting, covered in blood and had like a, a fucking umbilical cord. I was like, He's so cute. So cute. And like, it also, he's struggling to breathe. You're just like, please get that thing off his neck. Get that. Fu- he, I know he just ripped open your lover's gut, but like. Help him. I felt so bad for this little baby. Yes. Yeah. Which is exactly what happened. She puts down the mm-hmm. gun and she heads over to it and she unravels the cord from his neck and he like starts to breathe normally again. And he looks up at her and it's those yellow shiny eyes and she he's she is the first thing that he sees yeah so that's that's mama that's mama baby so (laughs) we cut to clara holding on to a wrapped little nugget and her luggage and she is leaving this apartment she passes the homeless woman that we see from before that anna had passed through when she was sleepwalking and all of a sudden this homeless woman starts to sing (laughs) breaks out into song which i needed a moment to be like i mean you're either with it or you're not but yeah on one hand you might burst out laughing but i was so touched by this me too oh my god but it's like 
all of a sudden in this movie where all genres, horror, fairy tale, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is a musical too? Yeah. Kind of? Kind of. But it was so touching. The music was gorgeous. So pretty. And this homeless woman, she sings and she's like, she basically is warning her to be careful that the creatures, they hide at night, that that child better not cry. So you better walk steadily and not have fear. And Clara is walking towards the banks of this river, towards Mm. where there's a big bridge in the background. She bends down and she dumps this baby. She puts him in the like reeds of this riverbank and she turns around and starts walking away. And the song says, don't look back. Don't look back. That's our advice to you. Don't look back. Yeah. But we hear this tiny werewolf baby crying, and so does she, and she looks back. How can you not? And she goes back to the baby, she picks him up, and we cut to her on a train holding this nugget, and she's just sobbing. So now we, she's walking up this neighborhood street, her old neighborhood. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's Clara singing. And she walks to her old house and the song says she doesn't know what life is going to be like now. And she doesn't know what's going to happen, but she'll protect this baby. She says, there's only two of us left. I'll protect you. Oh, my God. I'm getting emotional. Oh, my heart. I know, dude. My heart. All of a sudden, I started to cry. <laughs> I then, felt it's just so sweet. It's so sweet. Oh, my God. And heartbreaking. Oh, totally. And in for- <laughs> Eileen is crying. <laughs> uh, but then in Portuguese, oh, man. she says, oh, no, I'm it's It's hard. <laughs> she says, sobramos Let nós. Out, girl. <laughs> she says, sobramos nós dois, te protegerei, which is, I mm. mean, ugh. Oh, my God. So she goes into her whole old house, and from the luggage that that she has, she pulls out the music box from the apartment and the framed picture of Anna and Pagodji, her horse. And her little, I wrote her little lobizoming, her tiny little werewolf, <laughs> werewolf, is crying and crying. And she pulls out her boob, and she gives him her boob. Yeah. And he goes for it he goes for her nipple he bites it and she's like making noise like oh fuck that fucking hurts yeah, fucking hurts <laughs> but <laughs> he suckles and he he latches i believe is the term yeah. and he drinks her blood he drinks her blood and he calms down and then we cut to the outside of her little tiny house that she has with her little tin roof and there's a clothing line with a single sheet hanging and then they do a crossfade and a bunch of little boy tiny t-shirts appear on that clothesline. Adorable. And all these plants appear also. Like it looks, she's flourishing is what this signifies, mm-hmm. it seems. So now we see Clara again, but now she's got long curly, a longer curly hairdo. A new do. A new do. Yeah. Uh, looks great. And we hear the song, You're Just Too Good To Be True. Uh, but like in a fun Faha Sertanesia kind of version. It's again a Goomba class, but this time Clara is taking it and the camera pans over and we see little Joel. He's now a little boy 
and he's doing the little class with her and yeah. he turns around and he calls her mom and it's just very, very sweet. They walk through the neighborhood. They say hello to everybody. Bon dia, bon dia. Full smiles. So they sweet. are so happy. Adorable. Yeah. They approach a house and turns out Clara is a nurse now and she's visiting Dona Norma. Dona Norma's like, I thought you weren't going to come. And Clara's like, Joel has been sick and... It's, he's been a little weak, so, you know, sorry, but I'm here. And then Dona Norma calls for Amanda, who is either her daughter or her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And Amanda wants to dance the quadrilla, which is a square dance in a festa junina, with little Joel. And so they kind of, like, scoot over into Amanda's room. And Amanda and Joel are in his in her room, and it's his birthday. And she gifts mm-hmm. him a little bracelet that she made. And she's like, maybe we can go to the dance together, the Festa Junina. And and uh, he's like, mm, I don't know. My mom doesn't usually let me do stuff, yeah. basically. So now we're in school and we see that Joel isn't doing too good in his grades, <laughs> but that uh, his table seat partner, Mauricio, is like, don't worry, my guy. It was a hard test. You know, you'll be, do better. We go to recess and Joel is eating a little salad with some broccoli and Mauricio is eating a full-on mortadela sandwich, which I was like, <laughs> give me that. I want it. Delicious. And Joel was like, I'm good. This is healthy. And I don't know about all that. Okay. I love when... Um... Joel tries to like give Mauricio some some of his veggie veggies and Mauricio says, "Deus me livre," <laughs> which I, I love that so much. That is such a Brazilian saying too. Yeah. Deus me livre. <laughs> like, don't, I don't want your fucking veggies. Free disgusting. me from this Deus god. Me <laughs> Literally, yeah, whatever. From the vegetables, God. Then we're they're playing outside a pharmacy, which is where Clara also works in this pharmacy, and she's helping her coworker, who is kind of a dummy, and uh, and the and this coworker <laughs> is like, "You don't go out much. What's the deal?" And Clara's yeah, come like, "Come join us for some beers, girl." Yeah, and she's like, "No, mm-hmm. dude, I got a kid. It's hard to do it when you got kids." At one point. Mauricio's dad comes to pick up Mauricio, which I think is a little Latinito dad. like, And I mean like oh. a Hispanic dad because I, the accent I heard, I was like, that sounds like the way my mom used to speak Portuguese. I didn't place that. See. Good catch. Thank you. So we see Don Amelia. She's calling out to Joel and Clara to help her with something. And when she goes back inside, there's three adults standing there with some cake and some birthday hats. And when... Did you see Dona Amelia's face? <laughs> she was like... Which they were stern. <laughs> Just at her Casio keyboard, like, Just, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm serious about this. Um, and so then uh, Joel and Clara walk in and they sing happy birthday to him. They cut to Teobalda the cat with a little fucking birthday hat on her head. And it was so fucking cute. And fucking Dona Amelia is like, Parabéns para você. Oh my God. She, They're fully the like, harmonizing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Muitas felicidades. Muitos anos. We did it. Did you hear it? <laughs> so, um, ridiculous. ridiculous, but it was the best. And Joel was so cute. And Clara, he's Joel was like, I thought you forgot. And Clara was like, Of course not. I would never forget. That's so sweet. And then Don Amelia's like, 
I made beef stew. Ooh, that beef looks Ooh, good. Ooh, it looks so fucking good. <laughs> and Clara very swiftly is like, no, he's allergic. Back up with your meat. And then out of nowhere, pulls out a fucking bone. <laughs> like just that bread comes yeah. out. And she's like, <laughs> The bread Here. looks great too. Oh my God. That is Brazilian bread. That's yeah. bone francaise, which is the best fucking kind of bread there oh, is. Oh man. Give me some of that meat stew and, and then let me bread. sop it up with the bread. Fuck. <laughs> Dang. And then she says, eat it slowly because of your tooth. Because something's going on with his tooth. Now it's time for bed. And Clara says... Hora do quartinho, which means oh, time boy. for the little room. So we discover, as she pushes aside a huge closet, like armoire style yeah. thing, a steel door, which she opens, and inside there's chains. There's two chains. What are those called? Shackles? Shackles. I shackles. I was yeah. like, chains? I know that's not wrong. So it's there's two shackles. Uh, over a tiny, shitty little mattress that there's, like, scratches all over the wall. There's toys there, but they're kind of fucking busted and shit. There's some hanging colored lights, and they head over to a part of the wall where they're measuring uh, sweet little Joya. What is that called when you do that on the doorframe? You do a... You're just, like, measuring his height? Yeah, but that's... Yeah, but that's something you people do, like, on the doorframes. Isn't that... Isn't there a name yeah, for that? I don't know specific. Whatever. I have no idea. We're horrible. <laughs> but it has like his ages, like two years old, three years old, and here he is at seven. seven. He's So he's seven yeah. today, and they measure his height. Then she very, again, she's so sweet, and she's like, okay, mm. time for bed. And he goes and he sits on his little shitty mattress and very willingly gives his little wrists, and she puts him in shackles. He's such a good little boy, too. He's, he's very such a good. sweet little boy. And she said, see here in this chain, it looks like you're biting it. So if you can remember, don't bite on the chain, because that's probably what's making your tooth hurt. I mean, he's the sweetest little thing. As she gets up to leave, she says, Buon noite, good night. And he asks her, hey, I want to go to the Festa Junina with Amanda. Mm -hmm. Clara's like, what day is it? And he's like, Friday. And she's like, that's still Mm -hmm. the full moon. That's still Quachinho time. And he's so sad. <laughs> he does such a little kid thing where he's like, I could never do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> little piss face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, I'm sorry, but you can't. And so she locks him in. And all of a sudden, the the noises and the howling begins. The howling. And she bumps some Musica Sertaneja, which is the same song that Anna was dancing to yeah. in the Goomba class. And she takes out the picture of Anna and Pagodi, her horse, and she sits there and looks at it. And then she turns off the light and goes to bed. So it's morning now and we see his tiny little hairy hand. Oh, and- <laughs> my God. I was not ready for the furry body. The furry body. And he, she's cutting his little nails and he's in a tub in the bath. And he's just a hairy little thing, like on the face and yeah. like just a tiny, so cute. hairy, cute thing. And he's also like, it's almost like he's coming out of like a haze. He's yes. so just like out of it. Absolutely. He asks, can I hear the river story? 
she's shaving him at this point. She's got a little razor, like old timey razor. Yeah, straight razor. And she's like, I I was walking and I found a beautiful little boy at the edge of a river and his name was Joel. The moon was shining and it was full and reflecting on the water. I was walking home and I found this little nugget wrapped up in a blanket <laughs> and he was crying really hard and he was hungry like he was trying to hold on to life. I was like, bro, who wrote this? This is some oh fucking poetry. So gorgeous. Avi sounds a thousand times better in Portuguese because, jeez. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and he asks if there was a note. And she was like, there's no note. And that he was left as a gift for her. She says to him that he woke up particularly weak. So she's going to leave him with Dona Amelia. That he can't go to school today. So stay home and be good. He sees her put away the shoe box, which has all the stuff that she brought from Anna's house. And that's the shoe box from the shoes that she bought when we saw at the mall. Yeah. Where she got fucking cold shouldered by that fucking hoe. So we see Don Amelia is teaching Joel how to play the piano on her little keyboard. And she's like, you're tired. You look real, you know, what's something? You look off. There's something funky with you, my guy. Yeah. And she's like, I know what will make you feel better. Cut to her frying up some meat. And he oh, is no. at this pan sniffing like he's like, and he knows it's bad. Because he's so good and he wants to be good for his mom. And he's like, my mom says it's bad, so it's bad. But he wants it. This also kind of made me pissed at Don Amelia. Because me as too! Much, as much as I was like, I get it, you're worried about this boy. Honey, the mom has rules. It's not your she kid, this, you it's, dick. It's not your fucking kid. Yeah, so I was like, por favor, like, can we not do this right now? Ma'am. But so, also that beef looks good. Ooh, that Brazilian beef. steak, Oof. like pan steak, is I could always taste me that. too. I absolutely oh, could with some god. rice. Ooh. Oh my god! <laughs> and A dream. Farofa. My god, I miss Brazil. <laughs> me too. So she's like, "Here, go take this plate. Go eat." So he takes his plate. He cuts off a little bite. He fucking puts it in his mouth, and he chews that meat like he's like, "Oh, mm. fuck." <laughs> And then he My just life has changed. Yeah. And then he grabs the rest of it and he fucks it up. The no way No fork, no knife, just let me use my little claws. The way that Anna fucked up that spaghetti with blood on it, she, that's yes. the way he fucks up this meat. And he has little growls as he's eating. He's like, yeah. like oh fuck, you've released <laughs> oh, no. the beast, girl. Shit, yeah. Clara comes home and Joel is holding on to the picture of Anna and Pagodi. And he's like, who is she? What the mm -hmm. fuck, you fucking bitch? He is yeah. pissed. pissed. He's now, pissed. let me ask you something. I So as soon as a kid comes into the movie, we both know this. I'm like, oh, boy. Uh -huh. you're, either, you're about to ruin it for me. Thankfully, this boy did not do that whatsoever. Agreed. I really fell for that. He was an adorable kid. However... Did you notice him kind of mouthing along with her lines? No, I didn't. Dude, you can see him like because he's really pissed. So he's like holding his teeth, like clenching his teeth. Right. But there's one point where he like says a line and Clara's out of frame. He turns to look at her and you can just see his little <laughs> lips mouthing her line. I didn't and I see. Could just, you picture this little boy at home practicing, practicing. with his parents. Oh, you know how honey. it is. And so 
it, Poor it was, Bean. as much as I was like, I see you doing it. It was so heartwarming. Yes. At the same oh time. my god, I wish I could have seen that. So he's fucking mad, and he's and she's like, Pissed. I'll tell you when you're older about that. And he's like, you're a liar. And he's just tired of her bullshit, basically. And she says, Joel, I've never seen you like this. Like, what the hell is going on? So she's like, I'm your mother. You have to do what I say. She scoops him up, and she puts him into the guachinho, and she locks him up. And he scratches her when she's doing right, that. She yeah. comes out, and on her elbow, there's like garras down the elbow she walks right over to Don Amelia and she's like what the fuck did you do because my son was not like this when I left him this morning and Don Amelia's like I gave him steak like she fully is a asshole about it and she's like every month this kid is sick you gotta take him to go get bauchizado to go get baptized basically and blessed stop telling me what to do with my kid it's please. none of your fucking i mean thanks business. for watching him but get butt but out fuck off exactly so amanda and mauricio show up to the house and they're like hey is joel okay like he wasn't at school we brought him a prop for our a presentation we're gonna do tomorrow and it's a little cardboard sword and clara's like okay no worries thank you bye the next day she goes into the quachinho we see he has pulled one of his arms out of the shackles and the other shackle is fully like coming off of the wall. So like he was pissed and probably stronger because, because of, of the, the beef. beef, bro. Yeah. He asks Clara about his mom. She tells him about her and then he asks about his dad and that she doesn't know. So she doesn't say anything. Joel goes back to school, and there's a very cute little presentation where him and Mauricio oh. have, like, a a cardboard sword, sword fight. Very sweet. After this cute class presentation, Joel asks Mauricio if he knows how to get to the mall across town. It's the same mall, you know, what, the, the mall we went to in the beginning. He says to Mauricio, I want to find someone. And Mauricio's like, you got it, my dude. Let's go. So... While they, like, sneak into the train and go into the mall, we see that Clara is setting up better, bigger, stronger chains for Joel in the Guachinho. She goes to school to try and pick him up, but he's not there. We go back to the mall and we see that Joel and Mauricio are, like, <laughs> fucking living it up in the mall, man. And then this <laughs> lady cop on a fucking hoverboard fucking <laughs> zooms up to them. Is that what people call that shit? That's, a hoverboard? That's a fucking hoverboard. I cannot believe... How can you take a person seriously when they ro like, I roll around on this thing? cackled when she just, like, <laughs> zoomed up she to them. all business, too. She, that's why I cackled, because I was like, uh, you cannot... Look at your face, no. your uniform, and you're going to ride you up to me ridiculous. on that fucking thing? No, bitch. And, absolutely uh, not. Absolutely not. And she's like, where's your mom? And they point to this lady, and then she's like, excuse me, ma'am, are these your kids? And this fucking lady had these kids back. She's like, yep, these are my kids. And they both are like giving the, her a thumbs up, like, thanks, lady, you hooked it up. <laughs> so... Clara, at this point, is hella nervous, can't find Joel. She's freaking out. She checks in with Mauricio's dad, who's a taxi driver, and he's super chill about it. He's like, oh, they're kids. They'll be fine. When they get hungry, they'll be back home. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. That's what we're worried about. 
Mauricio's dad, hello. Exactly. And Mauricio's dad also says, text me. Here's my phone number. Text me so your number is saved on my phone. It's fine. Whatever. He drives off. Joel and Mauricio are still in the mall and it's closing. And they hide because they see the hoverboard cop again. And they hide. (laughs) They hide in a fucking dress in the rack in one of those clothing Mm -hmm. racks in a fucking store, which I used to do. Like we used to do as kids. Oh my gosh, all the time. I got in so so much much trouble once. My mom was like, "Te mato" because I hid for too long. We see Clara again, and she is freaking out. She goes to Don Amelia, and her co-worker from the pharmacy is there. And she's like, where were you? I didn't know how to close the fucking register. I'm a dumbass. And Clara, Clara. loses her shit. Ooh. She's like, bro, I can't look after you for 24-7. Who the fuck do you think you are, you fucking idiot? That's why I'm training you so you can fucking do it yourself, you dumb bitch. Like, it's... Whoa. She is living. So her co- co-worker friend is like... Are you okay? What's <laughs> wrong, girl? Yeah, for <laughs> Calm sure. Down. We're back at the mall and everything is now closed. And Mauricio and Joel are walking through this dark mall. And Mauricio has no idea what he's in for. <gasps> oh my. He, Mauricio is thrilled he's to be there. He's having the time of his he's life. Like, we're going to be in this mall all night. He's, this is going to be so much fun. He still Holy has shit. his little cardboard sword and little. Joel was like, I we, I need to go home. Like, I want to go home. And Mauricio's like, we have to wait for the train in the morning. So the thing is, they're planning on sleeping at this fucking mall, dude. Well, no, he even, uh, Mauricio is like, he pours them some Guarana. I don't know if this is the like what he says, but he says, Vop. Pro Guarana para você ficar ligadão. Yep. To be like wired up. Drink some Guarana because we're staying up all night. Absolutely. (laughs) And fucking poor Joel smells this Guarana and he's like, no, dude, I need, I need to go. And he looks up through the glass ceiling of the mall. And who's there? Oh God. The full moon, baby. So he starts to turn. And his little bracelet breaks off his wrist as he, like, gets all furry and his nails grow. And Mauricio looks over and he's like, you're scaring me. And he is shitting a brick. And all this poor kid has is this dumb little cardboard sword that he has. And he's holding it up towards poor Joel, who is turning into a werewolf in front of his eyes. I was like, Mauricio, you need to run now. Go back to the store. Because the store they came out of had, like, a a rech... like a great, like, like a, a security, security wall, whatever. and I was like, "Just go back now!" Hello, but he's freaking out. So, in front of his eyes, Joel turns into a tiny little werewolf. He's just so tiny, and this is CGI was, <laughs> and yes, a little, yeah. a little harder to like get behind. But you know, a little cartoony. Yeah, but in this kind of fairy tale movie, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Totally. You know. So Mauricio starts running, and Joel chases him. through this mall and chases him right into an elevator that isn't working because the mall is shut the fuck down, dude. Joel sees him in the elevator and then he just attacks and that's it. Clara's waiting at the door of Don Amelia's house. Don Amelia's praying the rosary and then she starts playing her Casio keyboard. And she sings about bringing back my boy, illuminate his path, the silence reverberates. Please, God, comfort our weight. And then Clara sings, You were mine since you were born. Don't run away like this. Hear me. 
find my scent, come back whole, come back and I'll heal you, but be careful, come back, you're not alone. Now, so, Claren, uh-huh. this was like presented, at least the way I see this, first of all, again, musical moment, like they sing a full song. Absolutely. It seems very stream of consciousness. Yes. Or, is that what it's called? Where it's just like kind of flowing out of them. And I was in full tears during oh, this Oh, if you think I wasn't trying to hold back right now reading those lyrics, it was <laughs> so, so sad and yeah. gorgeous. Like, absolutely crying. As much as Don Amelia was like, I, you're a bitch yeah. for giving him the beef, she, she really feels for the boy and her voice is like breaking. And of course, Clara is over there giving the performance of a lifetime. But this movie sneaks up on you in such yes. unexpected, surprising ways. With that, like, as the moment Don Amelia started to sing, I was like, boom. A mess. Tears. A mess. Absolutely. Oh, this is so beautiful. So beautiful. So they sing together, Clara and Amelia. They sing the line, follow the, cr- follow the breadcrumbs. Don't get lost along the way. Come back to your nest. You're not alone. And then there's a smash outside of the apartment. So Clara runs to it and she goes inside and Joyo is home. He's snoring. That kid is uh, out. Out. Like a lamp. And full of blood. Covered in blood. Because he just ate a fat meal. <laughs> Don Amelia comes in and she's like, you need to get that kid back because he's also furry. He's still yeah. fluffy magoo, werewolfy, but Joel's face. Don Amelia's like, I'm going to go call the priest. You're dealing with a lobizoming. Clara comes in and she's like, this is none of your business. How dare you? She follows her, Don Amelia into her apartment with a fucking syringe. And then she fucking stabs her and she's like, you'll be fine. You're just going to go to sleep for a while. So basically she knocks her out with whatever is in that syringe. Yeah. Clara packs up all her shit. While she's doing that, she pulls out the little bag that they pulled all those diamonds from the cowboy boots. and Yeah, the, the boot the gems. The boot yeah. gems. And there's one left. She hears the shower going and she goes to see and Joyo is wrapped in a towel holding the straight razor. And so she goes to try and help him shave his little body and he's like, I can do it and closes the door. After the shower, he comes out and he's like, we're going to be late for school. And Clara's like, we're not going to school. We're running away. And he does not take it well. He's, he screams at her. He says, Ocho de you, I hate you. Which is, whenever little kids scream to their parents, I hate you, it rips me inside. I think it's so Can you imagine what that would feel like? Oh my god, dude. Awful. He screams that he hates her, and he goes into his guachinho. She goes after him, and it looks like he's taking down his little colored lights. And she's like, are you ready? We're going. And he's like, I want to take my colored lights with me. And she goes to help him take him down. He sneaks away and he closes the steel door of the Quachinu behind mm. her and locks her in. Clara's dumb co-worker. <laughs> she's at the pharmacy. Her name is Angela. Her everybody. name is but Angela, we'll but she's the dumb, dumb co-worker. co-worker. <laughs> she calls she calls Clara and she's like, she's leaving a message, like, where the fuck are you? And behind her, there's a news report on the TV being like, there was a brutal attack at the mall. This like blurred out witness was like there there was puddles of blood everywhere and nobody was nobody but full of blood oh my god joel walks to school he is looking very 
forlorn, if you will. He uh, <laughs> he sits in class. He looks over to his little like empty seat next to him, which is where Mauricio yeah. used to sit. Amanda comes up to him at recess, and she's like, "What happened to the gift I gave you? His bracelet, which ripped off when he turned." And did you see he was like crying? He's crying. He was crying. Yeah, he and, realizes. Yeah, that he. It was him. Yeah. And, and I also, not to switch it, but also <laughs> he asks Amanda to be like, you want to go to the dance with me, mm-hmm. basically? And she's like, I've already been asked by two people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to have to think about it. Can it be a maybe? Come on. And then when he. You're seven. <laughs> when he asks, like, do you want to go to the dance? She's like, but how? Why? Your mom changed her mind? Like, your mom let you? And we cut back to Clara's dumb co-worker now going to her uh, going to her actual house and checking in on her. She enters the home. It's all dark. She's afraid. She calls Clara's cell phone, which rings in the room. Mm-hmm. She goes in and she is like shaking. That bitch is afraid. Well, I would think like I'm going to find a dead body. Murder. Murder. Yeah. From inside the Quachinu. Clara is like banging on the steel door, like, I'm in here, I'm in here, let me out. Poor dumb coworker has to like unlock it and let her out. And and Clara's like, Thanks, dude, I appreciate it. And she's like, What the fuck is going on? And Clara goes to a box and starts loading up a gun and she's like, What is it's the same going? gun? The same gun. Anna's gun. Is Anna's gun. She grabs that gun and she goes into the night. Fireworks in the sky, very similar to the last time that there was a problem Mm -hmm. with little baby Joel. We see everybody's dressed up as caipiras, which is what you wear uh, in this Festa Junina, which you look very rural. You have a lot of plaid on. You wear like a straw hat and stuff. You A lot of times you like black out your teeth and you wear a little fake mustache. And this is like the, the costume you wear during Festa Junina. And Amanda is teaching little Joel his, like, square dancing moves. He's like, you got to do like this. And you do a different little thing, which means the rain is falling. It's very cute. Clara gets to this festival, and she's like, I know he's here. Mauricio's dad is like, have you seen Mauricio? And she's like, I'm sure he's fine. Kids, am I right? And fucking pieces out. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) So it's time to dance. And everybody runs off to go start their their square dance or quadrilla. And Joel is holding on to Amanda's hand and he starts to turn. And he's holding so hard that he fucking cuts her hand open with his little garras that pop out from his hand. And she's like, Joel, are you okay? You're scaring me. He literally says to her, get out. You need to leave. So he knows now that he's dangerous. Yeah. He turns. His full costume explodes and he turns into this little werewolf again. I love this little boy's whenever he reveals his yellow eyes. He like throws his face at the camera. He like he he has his eyes closed real tight. So, so tight. And then he like opens his eyes really like wide to reveal those yellow. Like pops his face out. He's like, it's me. Look at my yellow fucking eyes. A werewolf. Yes. So he's about to, like Amanda is falling on the ground. She's like scooting her body back in fear. And he's about to attack her when bam, Clara fucking shoots him. We cut to Amanda running to the dance floor of this party, like with 
covered in blood, and she just screams like in the this middle of this dance. Girl. Oh my god, hilarious! Her performance. Oh my god, and the everybody's full drama. like, "What the hell?" We see Clara has put Joel in a wheelbarrow, covered him up with like a tarp, and like takes him home. She chains him up in the quachinho and he's still fully werewolf now yeah and he's like snapping at her and trying to grab her she's got a chain on his neck like he's very chained up but yeah she's tending his shot wound and she's taking out this the what is that the called? bullet, the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> well this shows that like this is why she was like Try to remember not to um, bite the chain, because he doesn't remember no. anything that happens. That's the whole thing with werewolves, right? They don't remember, no. and so that's why he's like fucking snapping at her. Basic. This is basically his mother. This is his mother. This is his know? mother. So this is his mother. Yeah, and but she's still like taking out that bullet, and while she's doing that, the people from the festival have now become a legit mob, like. Torches. Beauty and the Beast. Absolutely. Kill the Beast. Like, full torch, yeah. but the torches are, like, LED light things. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. And, like, sticks and shit, and they are running yeah. through these fucking alleys and streets, like, screaming. Like, they are coming for coming them. Coming for Joel, yeah. Yeah. We go back to Clara and Joel in the Quachinho, and she sings the lyrics from the music box song, that Anna sang the first time, and it helps mm. calm him down. And it's, oh my God. Oh. After, and once he calms down and she pets his little hand and his little head, she unchains him, unshackles him, and the mob is now, like, fully in the house, banging at this steel door. And she says, I don't want to leave you hungry. And she extends her hand to him, Oh my god, I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so beautiful. And he puts a little wolf hand in her. <laughs> oh my god, I'm a mess. Oh wow. And he puts a little wolf oh, hand man. in her. <laughs> and they stand up. <laughs> they stand oh, man. up together. It's so good. <laughs> they stand up together and they turn to face the steel door. And the, mm -hmm. the crowd, the mob is banging and they're going to go in and they're going to kill the beast. Yeah. And he's like, he's there's the rage of the werewolf is there, but it's not towards his mom. It's they're both ready to stand together against this mob and blackout. Being the feel me. Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> Look, the thing that's so beautiful here is that the Ugh. song. The song is literally like sleep, so you won't be hungry. Mm -hmm. And then her realizing like I don't want you to be hungry, yeah. so I'm gonna let you go. It's just so beautiful. But also, I'm a sucker for happy endings. Of which this one. You don't know. You don't know. However, in my brain, I'm like. I want this room to open, this door to open, and this werewolf boy to, to fucking tear these people everyone. to shreds so they can get out of here. <laughs> yes, me too. And like, I think that is the idea of Clara being like, I don't want you to be hungry, so eat them. Yeah. Like, basically, attack them. Absolutely. So in my head, I'm like, please, God, let them have made it out alive That's from this. absolutely but, what I wanted to, but you don't know. But you don't, you don't know. It just ends there, which, what, what an, an ending. ending. Dude. Wow. Um, 
Well, do you want to get into some trivia? Yes, I would. <laughs> would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Great. The other thing I wanted to talk to, I talk about, is the Festa Junina, which is something that I hold very dear to my heart because I went to a lot of them growing up in Brazil, especially when you're a little kid. It's something every little kid does in school. You always have a Festa Junina and you always do this sort of like like little festival slash carnival thing. You always do mm-hmm. a quadrilla, which is the, the square dance. And I wanted to like dive into that. A Festa Junina, also known as a Festas de São João, St. John, is for their part in celebrating the nativity of St. John the Baptist on June 24th, are the annual Brazilian celebrations adapted from European midsummer that take place in the southern midwinter. These festivities, which were introduced by the Portuguese during the colonial period, are celebrated during the month of June nationwide. Since northeastern Brazil is largely arid or semi-arid, these festivals not only coincide with the end of the rainy seasons of most states in the northeast, but they also provide people with an opportunity to give thanks to St. John for the rain. So that's why they have in, in, in the quadrilla, they say, olha chuva, like watch out for the rain. Yeah, yeah. They also celebrate rural life and feature typical clothing, food and dance, particularly the quadrilla, which is similar to square dancing. The festival is primarily practiced by rural farmers, which is not true like everyone does it, but it's very popular in rural areas. And rural farmers are known as caipiras. Men dress up as farm boys with large straw hats and women wear pigtails, freckles, painted gap teeth, and red checker dresses, which I have pictures of me in this full garment listen we should we should share it on instagram oh i'm i've already planned it for our tbt (laughs) dances throughout the festival surround the quadrilla the square dancing the quadrilla features couple formations around a mock wedding whose bride and groom are the central focus of the dance now i remember when you were in school you wanted to be the bride or the husband. Like, that was the part you wanted because you were the center oh, wow. of the thing. You know, getting that was the, sure. the big deal. Many games targeted at children are present at Festa Juninas, especially at festivals hosted in schools serving as a fundraiser. This is why we always had it. You, like, get money and these kids will dance for you. You have a pescaria, which is children using a fishing rod to pick up cans or paper designed to look like fish from a box. So they you're literally just like fishing. It's very cute. Corrida do Sassi, which is children hopping on remember I we talked about the Sassi Perere, which is the guy with one leg. Yes. So it's yes. children hop on one leg to the one end of the race, mimicking the movements of the Sassi Pereri. That was the thing you were so scared of. Yes, terrified of him. <laughs> uh, corrida de Três Pés, which is a three-legged race. Uh, jogo de Argolas, which is a ring toss. And Chiru ao Alvo, which is a dart toss. And usually you get like toys or food or, you know, little sweets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was all from Wikipedia. Culturetrip.com has an article that says 10 things to know about the Festa Junina. And I had to describe the food, which was my favorite part (laughs) of Festa Junina. The typical food of a Festa Junina is uh, usually very comforting and uses local ingredients, as you would expect 
uh, of dishes made in the countryside or like rural life. Typical foods include bolo de fubá, which is corn cakes made from finely ground corn flour or rice flour. Curau, which is corn mixed with condensed milk and peanuts, then topped with cinnamon. Cocada de colher, which is shredded coconut mixed with condensed milk and butter. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Pejimuleki, which is a type of sweet treat made with hard toffee and peanuts. God, I loved Pejimuleki. It's so good. <laughs> Pejimuleki also translates to, like, um foot of foot of like a like a like a a kid a kid but it's one of those kids that are like mischievous like kid? a mischievous kid yeah like you yeah. fucking molecule <laughs> <laughs> and pasoca which is a candy made out of cr- crushed peanuts which they have in mexico too which is a very like powdery peanutty sweet which i sure. love yeah. <laughs> oh my god delicious and the typical drink of these parties beside um, sugarcane juice, which is just fucking smashing sugarcane oh. juice until that shit comes out and you're fully just like, sugar. It's- no, okay, <laughs> no wonder this is particularly like a kid's thing that like kids can play games because they're with everything you just listed, it's like, kids, get ready to eat all the sugar and literally drink all the sugar. But just children going crazy but also <laughs> for the adults we have uh oh yes let's hear this we have canton which is a hot drink made with cachaça ginger sugar cloves and cinnamon which just is just mold wine basically but instead oh, of wine so it's cachaça which is gonna have you tried fuck this you up yeah i've had canton dude it's... i'm that sounds like a good christmas drink absolutely I'm gonna fucking make that for christmas Ooh, we should make <laughs> Canton for Christmas. Hell yeah. Uh, and vinho quente, which is just basically mold wine. It's the same mm-hmm. fucking jam, but with wine. W- wine. Uh, <laughs> I have many, many, many dear memories of going to these festivals because it's after Carnaval, Festa Junina is like the biggest party in Brazil. And they last a few days and you go and you have fun and you kind of like meet up with your friends and play these dumb games and drink Canto and eat snacks and stuff. And it's it's really, really fun. I used to love it so much. Anyways, those are my two things. Well, you just made me very hungry. Me too. <laughs> and also would love to... What's the name of that hot cachaça drink? Quentin. Like, big hot. It means, like, big hot. Big hot. Quentin. Listen, Christmas is months and months away, but... We're doing it. <laughs> We're fucking Listen, doing it. Listen, we don't have to wait till Christmas. Uh, we can fucking do no. it as soon as it starts getting chilly again. We'll fucking... Absolutely. It's still chilly now. Yeah, we please. can do it now. <laughs> well, as usual, I love your trivia. And I love to... Listen, the more we learn about Brazil, the better. The better. So, love learning that shit. Uh, okay, so here is some of my trivia. I wanted to learn more about the lobisome, like specifically werewolf in Brazil. Love it. So, I found... This is from this website called Obscurban, like Obscura, uh-huh. but with the word urban. Obscurban? I don't know how you pronounce it. Obscurban-legend.fandom.com. It says here, The Brazilian werewolf is a humanoid cryptid reportedly caught by a security camera in Ceilândia, a city in east-central Brazil. And there's yeah, fully a Ceylandia picture. Yeah, is close to Brasilia. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there's, in this article, there is actually a picture of what looks like a fucking, would you, I think you would call it bipedal, bipedal, meaning on two legs, 
werewolf dog creature like running through the town at night which Sasquatch. let's be clear it's probably fake but it's still fun to look at absolutely so in this article it says the creature appears to be a humanoid wolf or dog-like creature the creature is very muscular possesses long legs and a long tail and it says here that brazil is one of the south american countries known for believing that a human can become a lobisoming or well or werewolf if he's the seventh male child of the same father and mother whoa interesting okay some believe the change takes place when the boy turns 13. variations have this happening on a friday during lent or on a friday the 13th during a full moon and only for two hours from midnight to 2 a.m. Two attacks by a, a wolfman were reported in Brazil in 2008 and 2009. Whoa! That's like now! <laughs> yeah, a woman in São Sepe told police she was attacked on January 28, 2009 by a big dog that stood on its hind legs and walked like a man. Oof. In 2008... Police in Tawa received numerous reports of a half-man, half-wolf that was stealing sheep and breaking into houses. It also says there are several explanations, explanations as to what that creature could be, such as a cryptid, which is an undiscovered species, mm-hmm. a werewolf, baby was a fucking werewolf, a dog, a bear, a wolf, or some other wildlife, or a hoax. So... <laughs> Then I found this article from Huffington Post UK. Okay. This is from 2014 called Werewolf Footage Sparks Nighttime Curfew for Terrified Brazilian Residents. And this was written by Sarah C. Nelson. Thank you, Sarah. Terrified residents in a town in Brazil are on lockdown after a spate? Spat? Spate? Whatever. Of werewolf sightings saw a nighttime curfew imposed. The claims are backed up by hair-raising footage of what is purported to be the beast creeping through a backyard in Brazil's São Gonçalo de Campos, which uh-huh. I guess is a town. What's more, one unlucky man found his way into the path of the lycanthrope and only just managed to escape with his life. Clearly, you can tell that this article does not take this seriously for a moment. Sure. Because the, le- the next line is... It would be a smashing tale if any of it were true. <laughs> Which oh, is boy. The most British thing I've ever heard. Okay, about. England. <laughs> this article continues grainy footage of something chimpanzee, man in a bear suit. These fools writing this article. Sarah, is this your name? You're a fool, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> grainy footage of something loping past a security camera is currently doing the online rounds, along with a witness account from the dubiously named. Bingu. According to Bingu's description, the being was a black monster appearing to have more than 1.5 meters of height. In the occasion, the creature was writhing, as the legends tell, maybe in the process of transformation. Though the footage was published on YouTube on the 5th of February of this particular year of this article, I think it was 2014, it points out a quick search finds the same clip was uploaded back in 2007. So... Whatever this thing is talking about is a hoax. Wow. Uh, so that's all I found really about like Brazilian werewolf stuff. I just wanted to point out that the music was written by Guilherme and Gustavo Garbato. The music was 
written for this movie with um, Juliana and wh- whoever the writer directors were. I cannot remember. Juliana they wrote, and Marco. Like, Juliana Marco. They wrote like the 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 lament at the Casio keyboard. Oh my God. They wrote that fucking like horse uh, for me song. This was all written for the movie, which just makes it even more powerful to me. Absolutely. Isabel Zoua, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, who played Clara, who is not only a fabulous actress, she also happens to be a dancer and a singer. And I watched this uh, cool YouTube interview with her, which was all in Portuguese, so I really kind of like, I had to really listen. Mm -hmm. But what I gathered was that she particularly enjoyed the process of making this movie because her acting, dancing, and fucking singing skills were all brought together. Amazing. And Marjorie Estianu, who played Ana, is a telenovela star in Brazil. And she is also a singer who has released some albums in Brazil. And I'm pretty sure, like, she's got some big hits in Brazil. Wow! So her debut Does was she called... sing música sertaneja? What I found said that she, like, kind of did a bunch of genres. And the song that I found, the closest I think you could compare it to was, like, Kelly Clarkson's like kind of pop rock stuff. Got it. Got the it. The video, the music video I saw. So cool. her three albums so far were Marjorie Estiano, and then the next one I found was Flores Amores y Blah Blah Blah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the third is Oito, and she's even gone on tour. Like I think she's a big star. Go for it, girl. And that's it. That's my trivia. Love it. That's all I got. So fun. Uh, you want to answer some questions for me? Yeah. All right, Eileen. Were you scared? Not really, but I did have moments of fear, like, for the characters. Like, Mm. I was scared for Anna when she was giving birth. I was scared for Clara every now and then, even of Joel. Like, I was like, this little nugget can turn and fuck you up if she needs, if he needs to. Like, there wasn't the fear that you'd get from, like, a horror movie kind of thing. It was just, like empathetic fear if you will yeah i totally understand what you mean i agree with that i also was not really scared it's not a very scary movie yeah if anything you're concerned for your characters and there are moments of discomfort especially toward the beginning of the movie where you're like what is going on here you know what i'm saying the disparities between like these two women and their social positions and all that stuff absolutely Totally. totally uh what was your best scare Honestly, the mob at the end, when they were at the door, like, banging at it, I was like, mm-hmm. this is really scary. He's a little boy. Yeah, he's just a That baby. made me really scared, yeah. Even seeing him as a little werewolf thing, how could you look at that thing and want to hurt yeah, it? Yeah, he's still a little nugget. So, sweet little baby. I'm going to cry again. <laughs> What about you? Um, this is very random, but I'm going to give this to right at the top when the camera kind of closes in on the music box with the thunder and it's kind of ominous and then we get the title card. That hit, and it wasn't like scary, but I was like, oh, I'm unsettled. And I, I was like, ooh, we're in for it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. For sure. That's, I'm going to give it to that. Who is your, who is your favorite character? Theobalda the cat. Uh- <laughs> She was adorable. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. As much as I fucking (laughs) loved, loved her, I could Uh not separate between Anna and Clara. I thought the two of them were just unbelievable. Like, so, so great. I love them both. Yeah. What about you? You must watch this movie for these performances because they're so good. So good. I agree with you that the two of them, 
equally powerful performances, but I just went with Clara because, as you know, I love a woman who is complicada. Yeah, and she is complicada. In the best sense of the term, like, I want to know all about her. She is just so good, and I loved her. Captivating. Yes. What was your best line? Sobramos nós dois, te protegerei, which is, there's only two of us left, I'll protect you. Gorgeous. I'm going to cry again. Break my heart into. <laughs> Jesus, what's going on? I am full <laughs> of emotions. This is a good movie. Yeah. Listen, this was very touching. This yeah. was a well-done film. Well, I'm a fool because I picked two. One, both are Mauricio lines. One is, <laughs> Deus me livre, which I will use forever. Classic. And also, I did not get this correct, but when he, but when he says, Vou pro Guaraná pra, vo, pra você ficar ligadão. Yeah, you got it right. I, first of all, I love Guaraná, <laughs> but also Guarana. this kid... He just wants to like hang out with his friend all Poor night. Mauricio. Guarana will do that. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your best death? Anna's death. Like that baby just. Oof. That was like, first of all, that was like the gore- goriest part of this movie yeah. was seeing mm-hmm. this werewolf rip her like from the insides. Yeah. But like she sacrificed her body to carry this little nugget. I thought that was very yeah. powerful. And she had the opportunity to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But she just She didn't. chose not to. Yeah. I agree with... I'm also going to give it to Anna's death because I... As much as you saw the claws, like I was like, oh shit, the, the werewolf. But then the belly pops. Yeah. Oof. I was not expecting that. Yeah. And then her just be there dying as Oof. Clara comes in to kiss her. Oof. My gosh. Yeah. Did you learn anything about the culture? Not really, but I but I did love seeing the Festa Junina stuff again and like remembering my own experiences with that and I thought that made me that gave me a lot. This movie gave me a lot of nostalgia, so that was really really fun. Yeah. What about you? I wrote no, but that's absolutely incorrect because I mean, it took you kind of being like this is what the Festa Junina is, but it brought back a few memories and also just learning, seeing it there mm-hmm. is very, it feels very Brazil. So, yes, very I did learn Brazil. something. Yeah. All right. How many ooze are you going to give this movie? Now, I know I always base my ooze off of the scariness. For me, the ooze are the scary. And this one wasn't very scary. Mm-mm. But I'm going to bend my own rule because this movie was so fucking great. It was just so gorgeous and made me feel. A lot of feelings. Mm. I'm going to give it four ooze. Nice. Because it was really, really lovely. Nice. What about you? I'm really happy you, you bent your rules. I am also going to give this movie four ooze. Honestly, the beginning of the movie, the first half, I was thinking to myself, is this going to be your first, like, five star because I was so into this relationship between these two people. Yes. They had me fully captivated the it it was ominous enough for me that i was like i don't need this to be a full horror movie scary movie thing going on the second half of the movie as much as i was touched and everything adding some kids in there sometimes like it just i'm like oh yeah i I think joelle did a great job and so did mauricio but like it just kind of changes things for me yeah the cgi as much as i it's totally forgivable it's fine it almost fits it it's still kind of detracted a bit but i loved this movie 
I fucking loved There's it. There's nothing like a a magical horror situation because this is how we yeah. felt with tigers are not afraid uh vuelven vuelven yeah. and like yeah. there's just the element of horror really suits like it, i mean obviously this is they came from the same places of like fairy tale and folklore yeah, fantasy. and like yes. yeah these like uh cautionary situations like this monster will get you if blah blah, blah and that kind of stuff so i think there's always there's it's so easy to put horror and magic and myth hand in hand Mm -hmm. and when it's done in this like beautiful fairy tale-y like elements it just takes you somewhere else and it's so i i appreciate the ease in which i was swept away by it lovely lovely film beautiful that's the beauty that like one of the things i love so much about horror is that it doesn't have to be jump scares blood and guts yeah that's why i'm such a big horror movie fan because you can explore so much and that's what this movie did and it kind of gives you these socio-political things to talk about without bashing you on the head with it absolutely the lesbian relationship is not even it's just very much just like here it is we're not explaining it to you it's just happening everybody handle it adoption motherhood like this like surrogate surrogate motherhood yes absolutely black and white Mm -hmm. like rich poor rich poor who is in power here and like we i feel like we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours totally because there's so much to explore in this movie and that is the power of being adventurous in horror yeah you do not have you tough you fucking turn this movie into a musical for god's sake dude there's literally a musical a musical in it. and yeah done in one of like the best ways you can do a musical where it's just like natural yeah that you're just all of a sudden singing i could talk about this forever me too but Moral of the story, watch this God, fucking watch this movie. movie. You can find it on Amazon. It's 99 Ugh. cents to rent. Just do it. So easy. So easy <laughs> and gorgeous. And it's it'll it'll touch your heart and it's werewolves. You'll cry just like we did. Oh my God, I can't <laughs> yeah. believe and how it's much werewolves. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, God. here we are. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys, and coming to Brazil with us one more time. We will return. We always do. It's oh, but there's so many. It's, we'll be back. It's what we have to do now. Um, <laughs> uh, please rate and review us and uh, subscribe. It's good for our souls and also our listenership. Yeah. Uh, find us on social media at Uikyorror on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email at Uikyorror at gmail.com. Uh, follow our network, Sonoro Podcasts, at Sonoro Podcast, single, uh, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. And find so many more Latinx podcasts for your ear holes. Mm-hmm. We hope you have a lovely week. Take care of yourselves. Drink some water. Eat some beef. Because you know what? I was going to say, eat some beefy. <laughs> eat some beefy. Get that iron in your fucking body because it's important. And if you're vegan, yeah. we respect you. Get some tofu and like sear it with Saute soy sauce. And that'll be the same. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, here we are. <laughs> I fucking did you, oh my god my stomach just oh. growled so hard it's because we're talking well, listen, about Eileen and I are turning into werewolves right now as so we, we go, gotta go. so uh, Johnny I fucking love you I fucking love you too and we'll see you next time adios adios. <laughs>